Thank you for listening to Tapping Into the Human, a podcast on addiction, recovery, and mental health, brought to you by The Albertus Project. By tapping into the human behind addiction and mental health, we can empower those suffering by creating a culture of empathy and support. Every week, you'll hear powerful stories from people about their journey with recovery and be inspired by individuals and organizations that are leading the charge in decreasing the stigma surrounding mental health and addiction. On Tapping Into the Human, we are lucky enough to have Sam Anthony, who is a professional speaker, personal trainer, and lifestyle coach who is in recovery. Sam uses his personal experiences with drugs, alcohol, and mental health to educate and motivate others. Sam, thank you so much for being here. It's always a pleasure when I get an opportunity to share something that might help somebody learn from my mistakes so they don't have to make their own. There you go. No, I appreciate that. And I also wanted to say, obviously, a huge thank you for sharing your story via our Humans of Addiction initiative. Um, On there, And for those who don't know what Humans of Addiction is, it really is just very similar to Humans of New York, where we have awesome people share their stories about active uh, addiction, recovery, and the family of friends of those sort of suffering. And really the whole point is to highlight the human behind the addiction. Um, And in that story, Sam, you were talking about um, how you had a job and then someone went up to your employer and basically said, hey, this guy's like a thief, a crook, he's a junkie, like you should get rid of him. Um, That must have been terrible, first off. Um, No one should have to go and deal with that. But how has the stigma been like? since then like has has situations like that persisted have you had people who maybe knew you in another time continually holding this belief that you're not a good person or has have sort of the tides changed to realizing obviously addiction's a disease and that doesn't define a person yes to everything okay <laughs> um, so with the original story that you t- uh, talked about unfortunately that's true uh, somebody did go into my place of employment and go up to my employer and you know, just basically let them know what they thought about me. Um, I actually didn't find out about that until a couple of years later. Um, you know, my, my, my boss at the time became a good friend and he let me know like, dude, not too long after you started here, this happened. And at first I'm, I have to admit, I was pretty hot about it. I'm like, dude, why would somebody do that? Yeah. But you know, I realized that actions also speak louder than words. And, um, I, my addiction took me a place that I didn't want to go right before I started working there. Um, so that person's opinion of me, um, is pretty fresh. Um, is it still following me around? Well, we can go four years later and, um, it was Christmas Eve. I was sitting on the couch with my wife and kids and we were watching the Grinch 2019 and, uh, my phone was on the table and I saw it light up and it was a direct message on social media. And I glanced down at the phone and right away I realized like, okay, that's not a happy message, happy message. Um, several, uh, months earlier, I'm a motivational speaker. Now I sent one of my promotional speaking reels to a community page on Facebook, just saying like, Hey man, trying to do some good in the community. I've changed my life around. Would you share this with your network? Right. Uh, that person never replied until Christmas Eve, 2019. Uh, and what they said was, um, no posting on this page, bro. The person that you robbed were good friends of mine. Uh, I don't care if you've changed your life around zero tolerance. And it was at that moment that I realized like, okay. I have a choice, you know, I could let this ruin my Christmas, I can get hot about it, lose sleep about it, or I could just let it ride and respond with grace, which I did. I said, hey man, Merry Christmas, no problem. Uh, Whoever that was taking shots at me from behind their keyboard replied with a middle finger emoji. Um, It is not my responsibility to change somebody else's opinion about me. You know, whoever that is, they're always gonna look at me as a thief, a criminal, a junkie, and you know what, that's okay. Um, you know, as far as will some people catch on and some people won't, 
you know, at the end of the day, somebody's memory of me doesn't have to define who I am or who I'm going. And at the same time, you could meet two different people and you might have two different opinions about me. You might meet one person and they say, I don't curse often, but they might say, dude, Sam's an asshole. He's a liar, a thief, a cheat, a junkie. You know, he can't be trusted. And you know what? They're right. Because at one time in my life, I was all those things. You might meet somebody else and say, dude, Sam's awesome, man. He's an author, a personal trainer, his wife and him. They've been married 10 years. He's got three kids. He's a mentor in the community. They're right. Right. Because that's who I am today. And that's the most important thing. Um, some people don't believe uh, addiction is a disease. That's fine. Some people believe in the tooth fairy. That's fine. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't have to. I, it's not my responsibility to change your mind on mm. how I'm deciding to live my life. No, I think I think that's amazing. I think that's something addiction or not, we all need to learn because at the end of the day, what are we going to waste our good energy and effort on someone who's just frankly a jerk and we're going to waste our time expending so much energy and it's just it just hate. So obviously when you wrote that post, we got a lot of incredible feedback. I don't know if you've had a chance to see it, but I think that that's a wonderful reminder to everyone addiction or not like obviously be kind to one another you never know what someone's going through and also like when someone's gonna be a complete asshole like responding with grace is gonna save you the time and energy expended on someone who's frankly not worth the time so major I, I read it and I was like major kudos to you and I still believe that so just just thank you for that I think that's a good lesson for us all I mean, you got to look for the good in every situation, because honestly, looking back at the message, my initial response was I wanted to, you know, yeah. I wanted to go at, Same. but I also know that I'm not responsible for my first thought, but I am responsible for my first action. My first thought was, dude, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. But then I was like, you know what? Thanks for the content, bro. Yeah. Well, now I'm sure you're <laughs> exactly. Thanks for the content. And also like, you could sort of look back at it now and be proud of yourself like you can tell your kids that answer and you're not necessarily going to be proud if you you're like you know that there yeah. there's times where we just respond out of anger and listen that's just being human but I think your ability to sort of like put that apart obviously says a lot about you and then the other thing that I wanted to sort of talk about was um I've seen your posts on Facebook and I think something really, really important. I'm very new to the addiction and mental health space. Um, not afraid to say it. I'm like seven months in and it's been intense education. And my best friend passed away from an overdose in January and I was distraught, confused. I mean, everything you can throw in there all at once. And what was also very confusing to me was I thought that if you go to treatment, you go away to rehab, which he did, that like you're sort of like, blanche carte like you're good right like no issues and something that I've learned is addiction isn't a linear thing where you're not like necessarily in or out there can be a, a middle ground and it's a zigzag line and that does not necessarily negate any sort of success you've had in the past it's a building block that's sort of how I view it I know a lot of people tend to disagree but simply I think that's just in terms of education and one thing that you've been really honest about on your Facebook page that I want to talk about and, and got your permission saying that we could is that recently you were no longer in recovery for whatever short period of time that that was. Um, if you're comfortable, can you sort of talk about that? And I think people sort of see the great side, how oh, I've been in recovery for five years, but I think it's also important to show like it's okay to screw up and there's still those building blocks. Absolutely. I mean, if I was perfect, I'd have over 17 years of sobriety right now. 
I went to my first meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous back in 2004 for no other reason than I got in a fight with a girlfriend and I showed up late for work. Um, for some reason, I just, I couldn't figure it out. I had some other things going on. Um, and I'd say over the last 17 years, my sobriety to active addiction rate has probably been maybe 60, 40, 70, 30 uh, on the being in recovery side versus mm -hmm. you know, a relapse, a slip up, active, whatever it is that you want to call it. Right? right. And one thing that I've learned to absolutely hate over the years is that, you know, I might get a year of sobriety. And then I slip up for, you know, maybe something happens. I broke up with the girlfriend before I got married and I decided to drink for a month and I'd go back and you'd go back and people would look at you, but like, you threw it all away for nothing. You threw it all away for a drink, sit down and shut up. You don't know anything. I'm like, uh, I learned a lot in that last year, dude. Right. I really did. So I don't, you can't take that away from me, dude. I've got 17 years of experience of sitting in big book meetings, of counseling, of treatment, every cup of coffee I've ever had with a sponsor, every conversation I've ever had like this, and nobody can take that away from me. Um, I'm actually not a huge fan of the sobriety date. And I was actually talking with my uh, counselor about this recently, because it's almost like, it's like setting you up for if you make a mistake, yeah. there's this shame that comes with it. Yeah. And that keeps more people out. It's very, very difficult to pick up your first 24 hour chip. It's even harder, if not impossible, to pick up your second and your third. And people will drink themselves into the gates of insanity and hell and death just so they don't have to tell somebody they messed up because it's like, well, I had, I had 90 days of sobriety and I drank last night. Well, guess what, dude? I guess today's still day 91, isn't it? Right. You know? And and there's a lot of talk about God in the meetings and the whole purpose of the meeting is to have a spiritual experience and find God that can help you with your disease and your addiction and your character defects, and then go spread the message to somebody else. Well, God was leading that meeting. Do you really think that he'd be shaming you right now? Well, Man, I sure hope, I sure hope not. Yeah. I sure hope. So honestly, I don't even tell people how long I like people ask me, like, how long have you been sober today? Well, mm -hmm. no, like when's your sobriety day? I don't have one. What does it matter? Are you going to, if I have something to say to you right now, that's intellectual and, 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 and respectable, is it going to mean less to you if I right, tell you because... I have 30 days versus 30 years? Yeah. That well, shouldn't okay. matter. I've got 17 years on the battlefield, dude. Let's go. I, I got the scars to prove it. You know, and, and that's the way that I look at it nowadays. And I'm much better off because of it. There's a lot of people that want to disagree with me. But I've also sat in meetings where people have been like, man, I've got 10 years of sobriety and I had to go to three meetings today. And I couldn't even walk down the wine aisle at the grocery store. Dude, you might as well be drinking, man. I want you've got nothing that I want. Mm. You keep your 10 years of sobriety. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm going to go sit in the corner with this dude over here who's not telling me how much he has because he's on fire right now. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I'm a part of a bunch of different groups on Facebook that has been like enlightening and, and really important to read all these stories. And a lot of the stories have been about people posting, I am, you know, five years, this is my sobriety date, everyone in there. And it's funny that you raise that point because no one in the comments has ever said like something to the effect of like, I don't have one. Obviously, everyone who's commenting says like, oh, I have one. It's 90 days, it's six years, 10 years, whatever it may be. But I think you raise a really interesting point that not everyone counts like a specific date and holds so much value because, listen, we're all human and it's very typical to have recurrence of, of use and, and that is okay. So I just don't want anyone to think because you made a mistake, it's like, oh, I'm back to square one because you're really not. I mean, listen, I can't speak to it, but like I can, you have 17 years of experience and I feel like 
each time, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've learned something from it and you're probably better for it in some Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Huge takeaways from every single time that I've messed up. Right. And, uh, you know, it's funny because we don't do it with anything else. Like if we're dieting, yeah. you know, I lost 15 pounds, but this weekend I had pizza and brownies. I don't wake up on Monday shaming myself because of it saying, well, I guess none of that can. No, dude, you still lost 15 pounds. Right. Like we don't do it with anything else. And yeah. I've seen so many people come in so ashamed of themselves for messing up. Like the whole purpose of the, uh, of the program is to forgive yourself and to learn how to live. And it doesn't mean it says right there in the opening statement of how it works that they read it every single meeting I've ever been to. We strive for progress, not perfection. perfection. Yeah, no. And, and that's an interesting point. So Sam, you have used the 12 step program as sort of your home base. Why, out of curiosity, did you choose the 12-step program? I know some people love it. Some people hate it. When you woke up, well, first off, let's, let's start here. What made you want to get into recovery? What made you want to stop using? Well, initially, like I said, it was because I got in a fight with my girlfriend. I showed up late for work. I didn't want to break up, and I didn't want to get fired. So I figured, <laughs> let's go to a meeting, bring her, bring her chip, bring her where and when, and you know, let's just take the heat off. Uh, why did I choose AA? It's the only thing that I was aware of at the time. I didn't know there was anything else. Um, honestly, AA today is not the meat and potatoes of my recovery. The meat and potatoes of my recovery is physical physical fitness, spiritual fitness, and mental fitness. Love my it. physical fitness is I was not an athlete growing up. I never worked out a day in my life. Today, I've learned the importance of how working out makes me feel. And I don't mean working out to get big arms or a six pack. I've learned no, that just... when I work out to feel better instead of look better, I achieve both. Mm. But if I'm just working out to get a six pack, not only do I not get a six pack, I feel like crap too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's the physical fitness. The spiritual fitness is, you know, the, the whole purpose of the, the the program is to find a God of your understanding. Yeah, I, call, I call him God. I, I'm a Christian. I call him Jesus. Me and my spirituality is a huge part of my recovery. And spirituality means in every aspect of my life, it means that I can't come home and watch movies like Scarface and Blow because watching movies where people kill each other and do cocaine isn't a spiritual way of life. I can't sit here and tell you that I'm being spiritual and then pull out of my, my driveway with the windows down, bumping gangster rap with a smacking hose and selling crack on the radio. That's not spiritual. So everything around me has got to be, it has to encompass that. And in my mental fitness, it might be popping into a meeting. It might be counseling. It might be celebrate recovery. It might be listening to a podcast that's uplifting and upbeat, trying to teach me something about how to better myself. That's my mental fitness. So my recovery when I first started was grounded in the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, today, it is not. A lot of people will tell me I'm on a road to destruction. If you're waiting for me to fail, I advise you to get comfortable. Yeah, good for you, Sam. <laughs> you know? That's so, crazy. Uh, like, have, have there been people who said, because you are not like the 12 steps is not your end all be all that you're going to fail? Oh, I mean, I, I've heard it in so many different ways. And so many, if you don't go to 90 meetings in 90 days, you're going to drink. If you don't do yeah. a fourth step, you're going to do a fifth. Like, there, there's so many different silly yeah. cliches. I'm, I've heard that. And I just like, what a shame. And I think there's this whole thing like, hey, it worked for me. It's going to work for everyone. And this is the only way. And like, listen, great. That is yeah. kudos to you that it's helped tens of millions of people. But there, I, I like what you're doing in the sense it's holistic, right? It's targeting all parts of your being. And to me, I'm not necessarily going to say it's better to negate from the 12-step program. But to me, that's just, that's more me. Like, I just, I'm more holistic. I like that sort of thing. So I think the fact that you've found something work for you 
that's that's all that matters right you feel comfortable you're still challenging yourself every day you're still learning so any haters saying because you're not doing it their way I mean obviously we we both know that that's bogus I just I just find that crazy I mean if there's one thing I've learned early on is that one person what one person does for sobriety might get another person killed the way I'm working my life right now might get you killed it might get you drunk it might get you high and I get that that's okay but there's a lot of different ways to the mountaintop, even if we get there by different paths. And to For anybody sure. that's went to their first meeting of AA or NA or CA or whatever, and you picked up a chip and you never went back after that, you've got 35 years, touche, my hat is off to you. No shame, no shade, no nothing. That wasn't my experience. And mm-hmm. that's okay. We, it's okay for us to have different experiences. Like the first time somebody went into the gym and they never lift and now, now they're huge versus the guy that's been working out for five years. I mean, he's in good shape, but he's never going to get it. Like, it's okay to be yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. It's okay to, you know, end up at the same location, even if you didn't get there the same way. And even if it took somebody a little bit longer. Right. No, I, I 100% agree with that. Um, and then something else too I wanted to ask you was, so you're a dad of three boys, which is awesome. Yeah. My God, you've got your hands full and they're all really young. <laughs> When they're older, what are you going to tell them about your story? Like, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I think about when I was younger, what my parents would say to me. And it's like, we all kind of realize like that's sort of BS. Like, don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. Like this whole thing, right? Just because they yeah. love you and they want to take care. What are you going to say to your kids when it's that time to just sort of have the conversation about like drugs or whatever? Obviously, you want to be able to like tell them you don't want them to do it but like if they do it like you're not gonna like smite them or something so like what is your sort of idea for when they get older i mean if they google my name uh they're gonna they're gonna find my story i mean my tedx is up on youtube all my other videos my website my book like they're gonna know what daddy's done it's not gonna be a secret i would like to think if and when that occurs that because of my experience in the rooms, through counseling, with God, that I will be equipped enough to give them information that will lead them down uh, a path of less destruction. I know I'm responsible for the effort, not the outcome. I could tell them all my stories. I could tell them how bad it is. I could tell them things that happened to me. I could tell them about the overdose. I could tell them about the treatment. I could tell them about the jail. I, I need to be able to rest my head down at night knowing if they do something stupid, did I do everything that I could to prevent it? And that's my job. A hundred percent. No, that's good. I, I think, listen, I think sort of the most important thing that I've learned is just like the open, honest conversations without it being like crazy bias. Cause at the end of the day, like, you know, I, I've seen a lot of the like, you know, abstinence based uh, things that they teach in school. We all know kids are going to experiment, right? So I think just having that open conversation is a really important piece of this. Um, and then Sam, the last thing that I always ask my guests is sort of what your words of wisdom are. I'm sure you have lots of them. You're an awesome speaker. What would be your words of wisdom for the audience? Oh man. Um, I mean, a, a couple things that I've learned along the way. Uh, you're only as sick as your secrets. You know, you're, you're, you're definitely only as sick as your secrets, whatever it is that you're going on. Uh, unfortunately your problems are quite ordinary. Um, and if there's, uh, you know, I, I've managed my problems and gotten a lot of help from my problems um, from a lot of different ways. And I'm very, very grateful for that. You know, I'm not popular. I'm not famous. I've had a lot of support along the way. Um, if there's one thing I've learned to do is share my ordinary problems extraordinarily well. Now, I know somebody's probably getting offended if they're listening to this right now because I just called your problems ordinary. Uh, ordinary just means common. 
you know, and I'm sorry what happened to you when you, you were a little kid is common. I'm sorry the depression and anxiety you're feeling is common. I'm sorry that the drink that you're drinking and the pill that you're taking is common. Um, but it doesn't mean it's not a big deal. Uh, and it doesn't mean there's not help out there, okay? Um, I, I would probably advise you most to don't make your problems small, okay? It's a very common defense mechanism. It is okay if whatever you're going through to you is a big deal. It's okay if somebody else thinks whatever you're going through is not a big deal. What is never okay is for you to determine how you're supposed to handle that problem based on how somebody else handles that problem. So if it's a big deal to you, you go get help for it because whatever it is that you're dealing with, I can guarantee that somebody has not only been through it, but they have found a way to live on and move on from it. Love it, Sam. That was awesome. Excellent words of wisdom. Thank you so much, Sam. Um, everyone, make sure to check out all the great work that Sam is doing, and we will speak to you soon. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. By tapping into the human behind addiction and mental health, we can empower those suffering by creating a culture of empathy and support. You can find more episodes of Tapping Into the Human and resources about addiction and mental health by following The Albertus Project on social media at Albertus Project and at www.albertusproject.org. Thank you.